Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Ahead of the Curve podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Tugger. I'm going to be your host. Uh, I'll be talking about things like sports and uh, music every once in a while, but mostly sports. I really have a lot of love for uh, the sports world, all kinds of sports ranging from, you know, soccer, combat sports, to basketball. Um, and yeah, so today's uh, video is about the Knicks, one of my favorite teams. Um, actually, I'll just tell you guys my favorite team so you guys know what like the guys I'm into. Uh, Basketball-wise, the New York Knicks, my uncle's into that team, so I became a fan naturally. I'm also from New Jersey, which is uh, closest to um, the Knicks. That's like the closest team to me. Uh, football slash soccer, I'll, like when I'm talking about those, that sport, I'll, I'll switch between the two. Um, basically, I was, I was just, um, you know, just a big fan of Aiden Hazard. So I became a Chelsea fan. I mean, he was absolutely sick when he played for Chelsea. Unfortunately, he's kind of fallen off since then. Um, uh, that, I already talked about basketball, football, football-wise. Uh, like I said, I'm from New Jersey, so I just gravitated towards the Giants. Very unfortunate the way the team is right now. I have a whole episode about them. Um, and then I'm, I'm getting into baseball a little bit more, but I don't know much. Um, so I will probably be a fan of the Yankees. Most of my friends are Yankees fans. So I'll just go with them and same with hockey. I don't know much about hockey, but I'll probably end up learning a little bit because a lot of my friends are, are hockey players and they're, they're fans of the Devils. So I'll probably a Devils fan too. Um, and then, you know, I'll just go over music really quick. Favorite artists of all time, probably like Jay-Z, Kanye, Lil Wayne. I really like Drake a little bit now. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about music every once in a while, but mostly just sports. Uh, today's episode, like I mentioned earlier, is about the Knicks. Uh, I'm titling it Five Reasons Why the Knicks Piss Me Off. Um, and if you don't know what's going on with the Knicks right now, they just came off of Last season, they made the playoffs, did pretty well during the regular season. I think they finished fifth in the in the East. And, you know, going into this season, us fans had really, really high hopes for the team. And they're just really not living up to it. I think they're currently like 12th in the East, which, which is bottom of the league, not in playoff contention. Obviously, there's a little bit of time left for a playoff start, but it's it's really an uphill battle for them. And it's like, it's so difficult to watch, especially because I, I see these flashes of really good, talented basketball, but they just can't be consistent with it. And that's the first thing. It's a lack of consistency. Like every once in a while, they'll win a really big game, win two or three games, but they can't keep that streak going. You know, it, obviously it's expected that, you know, any, any team will lose a couple games here and there, but it, it's for the Knicks, it's just like, they win the big games, and then when it comes to like these games that they should be winning, they're they're not capitalizing on it. For example, like they lost recently 113 to 104 to the Jazz, and for most of the game, they either held the lead or kept the deficit while they were losing really really small. And then fourth quarter comes around, you know, they just stopped scoring for a while. It was like a solid five, seven minute period where they just weren't scoring the ball. And obviously the jazz were scoring and that's where they ended up 
going down by nine points and they just couldn't make the comeback. Uh, again, lost to the Lakers, uh, 122 to 115. Um, you know, the entire first half, they were winning the game. You know, the Lakers did not hold the lead once at the beginning of the game. And then end of the third quarter, the Lakers caught up. And that had to do with a lot of turnovers and just we couldn't keep the lead for whatever reason. Uh, and then in the fourth, you know, it was kind of neck and neck, but, you know, it was really slipping away. And, you know, that last play of the game, it was a turnover that led to, that led to a Laker point. And that's what really was like the final dagger, uh, so to speak. And because of that, you know, it was a game that looked like they were going to win, but then ended up being very far from that. You know, it, it's almost a 10-point loss. And it's, it's, it's like, why is this happening? Because, you know, at the beginning of the game and a lot of the third quarter, we're seeing really good basketball, simple basketball, talented basketball from all the guys. And then out of nowhere, you know, it's just gone. And it, it has to do with the fact that there are players that they just keep shooting the ball even when they're not having a good, you know, playing day. Right, Julius Randle. I think he's a decent player. I don't think he's like going to be an all like a huge uh, like star where he can carry a team. But like you know, if you play team basketball where you're not forcing shots and pretending that the role of um, being a first option is a thing, because if you look at like college basketball, I, I've kind of grown to realize that college basketball isn't as entertaining as NBA basketball but it's significantly more, I think the best way to describe it is pure. It's pure highest level of basketball because it's team basketball. And I know I sound like an old head saying it, but it's simple and it's team basketball. And the Knicks play like that from time to time. Coach Tibbs, he knows what he's doing, right? He, he gets the Knicks to do that. But then all of a sudden we see guys like Julius Randle taking really unnecessary tough shots starting to do spin moves. And I know I have something about Randall in here, so I'm not going to get into that. But it's like, it's this lack of consistency of playing that simple team basketball that causes us to blow leads and lose really close games. Uh, number two, lack of communication. This is a really short thing. And I found that, I found this out recently that um, when the front office traded for Cam Reddish, I thought he was a really good trade. He's a good role player. He knows RJ Barrett, so they're going to have natural chemistry. But, um, you know, Coach Tibbs didn't even want him, right? Why would you make a trade that the guy who's orchestrating the players doesn't like? That doesn't make any sense to me, right? If I'm, you know, the coach of a team and I don't see a problem with player A, why would you go trade for player C that I don't, now I have to completely reevaluate the way we play, the way the rotations are going to work and just to fit him in because now we've lost the player that I like. I know how to use for a player that I don't really know. And he just has to kind of fit into the game. Right. And, and look, Coach Tibbs, I don't blame you for not playing him, right? In the couple of games that he's been here, he's only played in five games and it's been very limited numbers. 
so I don't blame him because, you know, he was just starting to figure out the rotations and who goes where, you know, putting the pieces together. And now we're taking a bunch of pieces out and putting brand new ones in. So we now need to fix the pieces so that Cam Reddish is, you know, being productive with the team. I'm not saying this is Cam Reddish's fault. It's not. It's the front office's fault. We're bringing in a guy that, I hate to put it this way, but it wasn't necessary. I like Cam Reddish. I think he, like, he'll be great, but that's going to take months before he becomes great. And I don't know if we'll even be in the playoffs. We get the playoffs starting in a couple months. I don't know if that's going to end up working out. So I'm, I'm very upset with this lack of communication between the front office and the coaches because, you know, now we're kind of being forced to restart. Number three, front office-wise, I was really, really hoping they would trade Julius Randle before the trade deadline, and it didn't end up happening. I am not a fan of Julius Randle. Like I said, he's, he's an okay player when he's playing simple team basketball. But when he decides he wants to be the go-to guy, he wants to be LeBron, he wants to be Kawhi, Paul George, where you know he's carrying the team, he's taking all the shots, that's where we get into a problem. Because, look, basketball IQ-wise, he's taking tons of unnecessary moves. He has, he's averaging almost four turnovers a game. He takes awful shots. And when he's not in a good rhythm, when he's not getting shots to fall, he just keeps shooting. Like, eventually, you've got to realize that, look, I'm not getting the shots to fall. I need to get the ball to someone who can, right? And because he's not doing that and he has all this freedom it takes away opportunities from guys who can get their shots to fall right i'm thinking about guys like emmanuel quickly he's a good three-point shooter but he's not in the ball a lot rj barrett he's an absolute dog he knows how to play basketball i love rj barrett and the way he plays basketball but he's not getting the ball because julius randall is forcing these unnecessary shots and then i'm also like trying to give him the benefit of the doubt okay maybe it's just a bad game you know at least he's keeping his head high he's not his attitude is just awful dude like he's booing at his own fans he's getting into an argument with a coach on his own team I don't know if you, you know you guys have seen this clip and it's on an Instagram account called make mix great again if you want to go check it out um where one of the coaches, not co the head coach, but one of the coaches is showing him film on a, on a laptop. And, you know, he's trying to explain to him how to fix his game, how to help the team. And he like kind of pushes the laptop away. And the guy's like, the coach is like, dude, what are you doing? You can't act like this. And he gets in his face about it. He's literally about to fight someone on his own team in his own organization that's trying to help him. And it makes no sense to me. Like, you're in the middle of a game. You need to be focused on putting the ball in the basket, getting points for your team, playing good defense. And you, now you're focused on, you know, asserting your dominance over, over a coach that's just trying to help you. And it's so annoying to see. Because, you know, we as fans, we just want to see them, them win. We want to see everybody working together, right? And now we have our guys fighting with each other which doesn't make any sense and and speaking of coaches like not using the team well together we're not using our players that have a lot of potential right 
RJ Barrett, in my opinion, he's a really smart shooter and just smart basketball player in general. But I don't get why he's not the first scoring option. Randall isn't capable of being the first scoring option. We've seen that for the past three years, right? Give the ball to RJ, let him do his thing, right? He's shown time and time again that he deserves that spot, where, but he's just not getting it for whatever reason. And defensively, I have all the respect for him. He's got a great attitude. He himself, against the Lakers, he volunteered. He said, let me guard LeBron. Randall's not doing that. He's not even guarding Anthony Davis, right? Who's Randall guarding if it's not Anthony Davis or LeBron? If you want to be the first option on this team, you got to be able to lock up the other team's first option, right? RJ Barrett, I don't even think he's like an insanely good defender. But, you know, he's like, you know what? Let me lace up my boots. I'm going to go try to lock up, lock down the King, arguably the greatest player of all time. Personally, I think he's second, but still. Now I'm looking at a guy like Miles McBird, right? He's in the G League, averaging 32 points and 11 assists. Why is he not in the NBA? He's putting up insane numbers in the lower league. I mean, he has to be able to, they, he has to be able to contribute at the at the highest level. I mean, it just makes sense. Why wouldn't a guy who's dominating here at least be able to give something in the, in the highest league? That makes no sense to me why he's not consistently getting games and minutes, right? You know, maybe at practice he isn't great, but at least let him get used to it instead of dominating in the G League because growth doesn't come from being just good it comes from being uncomfortable right putting him in the uncomfortable situation of a higher quicker stronger you know team will help him grow into a better player and eventually maybe he won't average 32 points and 11 assists in the nba but at least he'll average maybe 10 11 15 if anything right and i'm talking about a guy like manuel quickly he's in a similar situation where he, where we've seen him be capable of scoring tons and tons of points, getting a lot of assists, playing the defense. You know, he's a good shooter and a good all-around point guard, but I don't get why he's not starting over a washed Kemba Walker. You know, I, it's one thing to say, okay, let me get him in off the bench behind Derrick Rose, because Derrick Rose is really good, very experienced, but I think he deserves the starting point guard spot. But now we got Emmanuel Quickly, who's competing with a washed Kemba Walker. This isn't Charlotte Hornets Kemba Walker, right? He's not carrying his team as the first option to the, to the playoffs. He's not. It's got to be a guy who – it's got to be the best guy. And the best guy right now is Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose isn't playing, so it's got to be Emmanuel Quickly, right? And then I'm looking at a guy like Obi Toppin, too. He shows a lot of promise. Not – probably not the first option I don't think maybe not better than Randall but at least as a role player you know give him some time let him start every once in a while because Lord knows Randall doesn't really you know deserve to be seen as this untouchable figure in the team give him some time he'll get used to the flow of the game he'll get experience and he'll become way better as a defender and as an offensive player and then number five, we didn't do anything before the trade deadline. Nothing huge. I was talking to my friends about it. Me and my friends had literally set up trades for the team. And 
we were like, look, if they do this, we'll have a lot of good pieces to compete in the playoffs, right? Our rival is Trey Young, right? We, last year, we couldn't find a way to guard him. I said, hey, use Julius Randle. Trade him for De'Aaron Fox or DeJounte Murray, right? Two guys that are really good playmakers, scorers, but more importantly, defenders. Those two guys are going to lock up Trey Young, right? He's not going to be able to get these annoying baskets that everyone hates to see. But they didn't do it, right? De'Aaron, the Kings traded away Tyrese Halliburton, so it was very unlikely they would trade away uh, De'Aaron Fox. So then go after DeJounte Murray, right? Go after somebody who can play really good defense because if you don't want to start quickly, get someone who can start, you know, right? If you bring it, if you trade Julius Randle on maybe a pick for DeJounte Murray, because I think DeJounte Murray is so much better than Julius Randle, you have a starting lineup of Murray, Barrett, um, Fournier, What's his name? Um, Obi Toppin and then Mitchell Robinson. And then the first three guys off the bench, we're looking at Emmanuel Quickly, Cam Reddish, and probably Nerlens Noel. That is a solid starting lineup and, you know, three guys off the bench, right? You now have a proper consistent three-point shooter in Evan Fournier. You have a playmaking point guard that can shoot and also play really good defense. You have your go-to guy, your go-to scorer in RJ Barrett. You got Mitchell Robinson playing decent defense and getting blocks, getting rebounds. And then Obi Toppin just being a good all-around role player. And now we're still in shambles because our point guard, our starting point guard isn't great in Kemba Walker. RJ Barrett's not the starting uh or the go-to guy shooting-wise, offensively. Fournier, is just, I mean, he's just going to shoot his threes. You can't complain about that. Randall's, like I said, doing whatever Randall wants to do. And you have Mitchell Robinson kind of having no help big, big man-wise defensively because Randall, he's not guarding Anthony Davis. And he's not guarding LeBron. So how's he going to help, you know, Mitchell Robinson? And, like, I guess I'll just add this as a bonus. MSG tickets are expensive. They're so expensive. And now you don't even want fans that, to come out to the game because the tickets are so expensive and it's like a hassle finding parking in New York. And it's just kind of a pain to be a Knicks fan. Like, you're not having fun going to the game having the experience of being in person because you just dropped $100 on tickets, you're not having fun at home because your team is losing. So, yeah, how do we move forward from this? That's, that's like the main question we got to ask ourselves. How do we fix this, right? And it's going to be a lot of just like, hey, we, we tried to push for it this way. We got to look at it from a different angle. We gotta, we, if it's not path A to winning a championship, it's got to be path B. Not B, C, D, right? You got to just keep changing it up. It can't keep being, oh, Randall takes this shot. Randall takes another shot. Oh, Randall's not having a good day. Let's give Barrett the ball. It's got to be like, can't just be on the switch. You got to actually have intention to change the way the team plays with some kind of logic behind it, you know?
it can't just be Randall shoots, Randall shoots until he starts making the shots. So here's what I think. I think all season comes around. I don't know if Randall's contract is up or not, but get Randall out of New York. I don't want him on the team anymore. I want a guy who's a team player, has a good attitude, and knows when it's time to give the ball up to somebody else who can actually shoot. Right? I can keep Barrett on the team. I can keep Fournier on the team, keep quickly. Um, I think Obi Toppin, maybe keep him, but you know, be open to trades. Obviously, be open to trades with Cam Reddish. As much as I'd like to see Cam Reddish still be on the team, you know, we'll we'll have to see how it plays out uh, with him, especially because he's so new to the team. Um, and you know, maybe be open to finding a new trade in uh, what's his name, Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel. So we just got to be open. We got to be ready to to get rid of guys, to bring in new ones, and just really start over because we're in this awkward spot where we're winning some games, not but losing more. So that's that's my whole lodge behind it. I think like best case scenario this offseason is draft a really, really good center and let him actually no, not a center, bring a power forward. I'd like to see that spot be filled by someone who can actually give Julius Randle competition. I think that should be our number one go-to thing. And then point guard wise, bring in a new point guard. And I think that can be done through trades. Um, I think, you know, maybe give quickly the start because I think he's deserving of it. But at the same time, you know, it'd be sick if quickly could come in off the bench as a sixth man. That'd be such a good way to really get points in while, you know, the first, uh, the first rotation is resting. I think that'd be really smart. Um, you know, I'll, I'll look into who the guys that can potentially be drafted are, but I, I don't really know much about them. Um, and I really hope for the sake of this team, they draft some good players because historically our draft record has not been good. It has not been what the team has wanted. Unfortunately, we didn't have a high enough pick to get Lamella Ball. Obviously, Lamella's a stud. Um, we didn't have a high enough draft pick to get Zion. Might have worked out for the best because Zion isn't looking too good. Um, down in New Orleans. I actually, I actually want to talk about Zion a little bit. Here's my thing. I'll, I'll, I'll look how, how tall he is right now. Do we think he's actually capable of playing power forward? I, because I don't think we've seen like a really like Zion. He's he's six six, so he's like close to being a guard. Um, he's injured right now. They're saying it's a mystery. Nobody really knows when he's coming back, and his weight is listed. You guys aren't going to believe three hundred and seventeen pounds. What? 317 pounds at 6'6". Six, six. Oh, I mean, what kind of look at, how tall was Charles Barkley? Like, Charles Barkley put on weight. And, you know, he got away with it because he was a decent player. But, yeah, Charles Barkley was 6'6". Six, six. But he, he's 252. Zion's 317. That's a lot more than Charles Barkley. So, 
I don't know what's going on with Zion. I don't know if he's a guy that, you know, I'd like to see be traded for because, and I don't know where Zion's career goes from here because A, he's getting hurt a lot. His weight isn't down probably because he's not able to work out and the New Orleans food has got to be fire. Um, I mean, like, that's crazy for New Orleans. How's, how's New Orleans doing? Just going to look up the Pelicans. They're 10th in the West. I wonder who they're starting at power forward right now. I, I, well, the Pelicans have got some young talent. It's just like kind of an awkward team because everything's constantly changing. It looks like they're playing Brandon Ingram as a power forward. Maybe Herb Jones. I haven't watched any Pelican games to actually know who the power forward is. But yeah, like the Pelicans, they're they're in this awkward same position as us where they've got the talent, but they don't actually have a first scoring option. And they're just kind of like constantly changing the team in hopes that something will work. And they're just like kind of waiting out until Zion comes back, which honestly doesn't look too healthy. Brandon Ingram is kind of forced to carry the team. And speaking of Brandon Ingram, how, how good do you think Brandon Ingram could fit into the Knicks? Should the Knicks trade for Brandon Ingram? I'm trying to think because Brandon Ingram, if they're having to play power forward, he could fill the role and be the first scoring option. RJ could be the second. Again, we'd need a playmaker at point guard, which I don't think Kemba's great at right now. Hey, that should be, that could be an interesting little look, you know, because we still got a lot of guys coming off the bench who are capable of scoring points. And now we actually have a really good scorer in Brandon Ingram. So, hey, that, that might be an interesting shout. Uh, I might, like, try to come up with, like, some potential trades for the Knicks. But, you know, who knows? Who really knows where this team is going to go? Because there's just so much that's broken within the Knicks that it's just, like, Nobody knows where any of this can go. It can either end up in the playoffs, going really deep into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win a championship in the next two years. Unless R.J. Barrett plus the Devin Booker, which I think is unlikely. Um, yeah, those changes have to be made um, because everything is just so unpredictable and sporadic with this team. And it's it's... It really, really annoys a lot of Knicks fans. All right. Well, that's all for me. I know, uh, you know, it was a lot more of a rant than it was like facts. But again, these are my opinions. This is how I feel thinking about the Knicks right now. Uh, and yeah, that's that. Thanks for watching. Uh, that's all.